This is a podcast about male vulnerability. Vulnerability is not synonymous with weakness. It's about looking inward before accepting, critically reflecting, and expressing our individual perspective. This perspective isn't about being wrong or right. It's about, as a male, encouraging a humble openness amongst others and with yourself. So today we really wanted to talk about vulnerability in friendships in particular. So this is a topic that we've obviously discussed quite regularly, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's something that we've recognized as a bit of an issue, particularly just given the amount of value males place on friendship, place on the boys, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> place on that time we spend together. Yeah. Um, and there's kind of countless stories that we could kind of go through where it would have been beneficial for us to be, well, to have been more vulnerable in the conflict. And obviously, um, just from our own personal experiences, we've seen when males aren't vulnerable, that go very, very wrong and friendships kind of fall apart. But I know you were chatting earlier and you had quite a tangible example that I think relates really well to this. Yeah, I think I have a very, I think a pretty universal story. It's not anything that's revolutionary but but very specifically yeah a moment where as you said vulnerability in hindsight probably would have been a lot better to have avoided uh to have avoided and to ensured um yeah a a, a better relationship and a better expression of emotion mm. um so yeah I'll, I'll start my story i'll use uh, fake names for this but uh, i'm sure the people listening this will probably figure it out but yeah i'll use some fake names i'm gonna use um the, the male in question i'll go with um tom yeah and the, i'm just going these off the cuff yeah and the female in question i'll go with lucy okay tom and lucy yeah um so to make a very long story quite short mm. for the podcast medium <laughs> um essentially tom was a very very was a very good friend and he's still a very good friend but a best friend um and uh, Tom got very upset at me about um, getting back together with uh, Lucy, who was my ex. Yeah. Um, we had broken up and then had gotten back together. But in that time of the broken up period, as we can all, I'm sure, know, there was a lot of emotional uh, breakdowns, a lot of instability, and he kind of saw me at my worst. Yeah. Um, and he was there for me. Um, countless times and, and looked after me. Um, yes. But w- when I decided to then get back together with Lucy, um, there was this rift that kind of, that, that emerged. Um, and I've, and we've spoken about it and we've kind of dealt with, dealt with it kind that uh, kind of, but, but not really. And it took a very long time to even kind of have some kind of normalcy return to that relationship and that friendship. Yeah. Now that's something that really could have avoided, been avoided with a lot of vulnerability. And I'll, and I'll explain that by saying that I don't really think it was the, wasn't exactly the action of returning to an ex who had, who he believed had been, uh, had treated me poorly. Yep. Um, and maybe how I expressed that she had been treating me poorly as well. So I have to take blame for that as well. Um, but it was how I went about it, how I went about just assuming that because he was a best friend and because he was one of the boys, yeah, yeah. That he was a mate that he'd just be okay with it. Yeah. Right. 
that he'd just go, oh, okay, cool, he can do whatever he wants. And I kind of took, I really did, yeah, I, I really did assume and even think he will just be fine with it. I can do what I'd like. I'm not hurting him. Yeah. I can do what, I can just go back. That's fine. So with that being said, in hindsight, yep. what do you think you could have done um, to change, I guess, the outcome? I think, obviously, it, it wasn't a snap decision getting back together. That was obviously conversations that I would have been having with Lucy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels weird saying today. Um, those conversations I would have been having. So those conversations I would have been having with her, I really should have sat down with Tom. Yep. Um, allowed him, uh, basically explained to him what was going on and yep. what I was thinking about doing and really empowered and allowed him to speak openly and vulnerable about how my decision to return to her may very well have made him feel like all of his efforts and support and comfort f- just for nothing. Yeah, and I, and I really empathise with Tom because I feel like I've definitely... <laughs> Had a situation where, and it's kind of, it's a bit different, but there was a relationship and it was a friend. um, So let's call him Nathan in Mm -hmm. this scenario. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily agree with the person he was entering a relationship with for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say all of those reasons right now. Yeah. (laughs) Let's list them. Um, But it's interesting because I guess when we were talking about it, I didn't necessarily explain why I wasn't comfortable with a relationship. I felt felt like Nathan should have just known as if it was like, you should just know why this isn't cool or like why this isn't. And almost like I'm kind of looking out for you because I kind of gave you advice not to do it. But at the same time, I probably wasn't as vulnerable because I was sort of guarding myself in a sense and being like, you should just know. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to say it. Mm-hmm. But how how do you think that you thinking he should just know was guarding your emotions and your investment into the relationship? Yeah, and I think it's probably a case of not wanting to be wrong. Yeah. Because, I mean, had we been sitting here right now and that yeah. relationship had gone on and, you know, they'd, you know, lasted the test time, they're married yeah. or like something. Yep. You know, in a sense, I probably, I would have been wrong. Yeah. And obviously... As a guy, I'll be honest. Yeah. I don't like to be wrong. Yeah. So it's almost like, I don't want to say it. You should just know. Therefore, I'm guiding myself from the potential to being wrong. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I see it in hindsight. Okay. Obviously, okay. at the time, I didn't necessarily see it like that. You're saying he should have just known that it wasn't going to work? Yeah, I guess he should have known it wasn't going to work. He should have known why I had an issue with that relationship starting in first place should have known mm-hmm. why maybe some of our other friends had an issue with that relationship starting mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, I think like definitely in hindsight, there's no reason why he should have just known. Cause obviously he had feelings for another person mm-hmm. and naturally gravitated towards that person, naturally started dating that person. So for us to just assume he should know what our issue was, without actually explicitly saying what the issue was, was pretty silly. And do you think you almost didn't give yourself and him the opportunity to speak openly about the feelings that he had for her that would, would be very real and would, be, would override any kind of logical decision as we've all experienced? Do you think that you guys, that you didn't 
help foster a, a, a an environment which you both could sit down and actually talk it through rather than this as you say you just like you should have known or you should just do this that yeah absolutely presumptive and, absolutely yeah. and i think it was like a case again where because he should have known all conversations that followed were kind of shut down it was yep. almost like you know what let's just carry on with our friendship but we're now to talk about that we're just gonna ignore that and obviously yeah. again that's hard something to do because the relationship becomes a very significant part of your life mm -hmm. and to not be able to talk to your closest friends about saying that's so significant obviously is quite hard and that actually probably holds the relationship back more than you care to realize yeah yeah i mean just quickly on that because we're not going to go too far into that but yeah it does it could definitely hold the relationship back um and or, or just a weird more weirdly it, it really kind of um paints the relationship in a almost like a it's a becomes an illusion creates this thing of like well I'm, I'm not talking to people about this people feel that it's like us against the world or you know it creates this whole kind of narrative of yeah. steam of it and you're probably just not seeing the relationship for what it is yeah so yes it does but then come back to you, you are just that would then just be holding it back um but yeah i mean so what what do you think i mean so now we've kind of said both of these these stories um um what do you what do you think that these kind of stories represent and demonstrate in terms of uh i guess what we think about vulnerability and and why it's necessary yeah to, to be vulnerable well i guess in conflict in particular i mean even out of conflict but in conflict in particular i feel there's definitely an issue which personally as a male mm. find it very difficult in those situations to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and again i think partially it comes down to not wanting to admit either a you're wrong mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. being afraid to be wrong mm -hmm. um which kind of doesn't allow me mm -hmm. personally to put myself in a position where i'm going to express what the issue is what's on my mind and kind of hear the other point of view it's yep. sort of going to be just a hold out, don't say anything until both sides are over it, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yep. Um, and happy to just keep going with the friendship as if that conflict never occurred. Do you think that is a pattern within male friendships? The segmenting, the cornering off of, say, yes, a, a relationship that's maybe not a approved by all, or maybe a job, or maybe, you know, some, whatever, whatever it may be. You think that's a pattern within male friendships that we kind of we we block and we segment what's what we can talk about um, and what we can't talk about? I think so. Yeah, and I think it's where it leads to the escalation. Like I know it's saying that you've kind of spoken to me about in terms of like it always feels even in like movies. So even yeah. obviously when you use real life tangible examples, but even in movies, it seems like these male friendships where you know you've got these two dominant male characters and they have a falling out and you know in the mo more extreme movie cases, action movies, ends in, you know, blood being shed and murder mm -hmm. and, like, sort of things. Civil War? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Civil War. But it's yeah. just crazy that we let these things escalate yep. to a point where potentially people can be physically harmed. Yeah. Yeah, and just on that escalation as well, I think... Um, um, I think, speaking openly about this, we used to talk about this... Uh, quite a fair bit when it came to friendships. Mm. 
you know, in hindsight, we probably, we said some probably pretty questionable things about our opinions about female friendships. Yeah. Um, in 2020, definitely in hindsight, we go, okay, maybe when we were younger, that's probably, probably not a good way to be talking about female friendships. Um, but I guess we used to kind of say, because we, we would see female friendships venting and, and being a lot more emotionally available and mm. going through a lot of things that would have um, you know, hurt one another that we, we kind of would say, oh, they, they can't be friends, right? Yeah. And we would look at us and we would look at males and go, oh, look, there's never these arguments. There's never these arguments, right? There's never these constant bickering. There's always the banter. There's always the jovial attitude and everyone's just hanging out and having a good time. Yeah. But what we've started to realise now is that we're getting older... Um, the male friendship blow-ups are big. Yeah. <laughs> are big, as you were just saying, violent yeah. and can be violent, but, but, and can almost be just a, a eternal, a lifetime of just bang, gone. Yeah. And, and I would really want to challenge, and I, I think I really believe that that is because we're not having these consistent moments of being vulnerable to each other about how an act made myself feel and made you feel or yeah whatever yeah in a friendship and i agree i think in a lot of scenarios neither of us when we are in a conflict are stepping forward to try and create a resolve yeah and i think that's the biggest issue i think something like you just said that females do really well mm-hmm. is that they'll step out and they will try to put themselves out there in order to get to a resolve mm-hmm. And, and just quickly, we are also not assuming that every female ever has everything, you know, locked down and is completely vulnerable all the time. Um, just as like what we're saying as well with, with male friendships too, I'm sure there are people that could be listening or people that aren't listening that are very vulnerable and are very open. Yeah, with absolutely. Yeah. I think it's just generally speaking, I think yeah. from obviously observing the close female friends yeah. we have and the way yeah. they interact. Yeah. Um, and the way they resolve their conflicts, they're just yep. much better at stepping out, and which is why it appears like they're having more conflicts because they're not sweeping it under the rug. Yep. They're facing up to it, yep. and they're trying to come to that result. Yep. I think something that we as males need to do is that when there is a conflict, yep. we need to face up to it, and we can't just sit and wait for it to sweep away and yep. or wait for the tension to build to like almost a breaking point at which stage it's a issue. Yes, yeah, a, a very big issue. Yeah. And just on that, I think I have a kind of another example about that. Um, because it's, I would even want to say that it's not necessarily that the male friendships that I've had and I've observed aren't, aren't good at expressing conflict. Mm. It's the way in which we do it. And I can give examples. My friendship group, there was a, there was a couple of years there where we thought we were like, just killing it in terms of how close we were and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, if I had a gripe with you, because this is a different friendship group to, to ours, we have, we have different friendship groups. Yeah. We hang out all the time. Um, if, if I was to have a gripe with you, mm. I would kind of tease you right in front of everyone. Yeah. And you'd just kind of tease it right back. And we thought that was healthy. And in many ways, that probably, it could be. They're airing out of, out of um, dirty laundry in public. Get that. Yeah. But... What I now realize is that actually silences emotional reaction mm. um, and that kind of forces you to internalize it, laugh about it very quickly and yeah. retaliate straight away. Yeah. Um, 
And the reason why I say that is because I think we've talked about this before. The best example that I've really tried to learn from, from specifically from my female friends hmm. is that if I was a female and you were a female and we were in a friendship group and you said something that upset me, um, there is definitely more of a um, expectation and a pattern of that I will not confront you in person there. Yeah. That at another time, a little bit later, maybe in the same day or the next day, will pull you aside or bring that up yeah. and speak very openly about this made me feel like this. And I think that is something that in my, in my male friendships, mm. we do not do well at all. I would say it doesn't exist. Yeah, which is a very good point. So with that, what do you reckon are some things that us as males can do better mm -hmm. in conflicts or in our friendships before they even actually reach conflicts yep. um, to foster healthier relationships? I, I, I really do think it's about being in touch with, <laughs> this sounds cliche, but, but being in touch with your emotions is the vulnerability of this. Mm. That if you were to say something that upset me, for me to feel empowered, for you to, to also, um, you know, not be so ashamed. Like you, you, you're not, in, you're not perfect. People aren't going to say things, or you, you're going to say things that hurt someone's yeah. feelings, regardless. But I definitely think there needs to be a, an attitude and a behaviour fostered within male friendships. That again, if you said something to me that I wouldn't retaliate in person, that I wouldn't retaliate so quickly and want to get that sorted straight away and and kind of just fire right back to to take to speak to that person individually yeah at a later date i think for m me personally i growing up i was very much we need to sort this out now yeah and i think there's great wisdom in taking in that pain that emotion sitting on it dwelling on it and then speaking about it, it could, be, could be an hour later or yeah. could be you know the next day yeah just looking inwardly yes reflecting on it Unpacking yes. why you feel like, I don't know, you might have been made to feel that way or why yep. you might feel that way. And then going to that person, obviously, with a clearer mind and a clearer perspective. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think with a total going to that person, not to, not to catch them out and not to force some kind of apology or going to that person with, with, the, with the honesty... Um, to basically just say, this, this is how I felt about this. And, and, and I think that actually gives them the power as well to explain themselves. Yeah. To explain themselves for them to feel as well. Um, and I, I don't know about you, I, I, I just feel, I mean, even as I say that, I really have so very rarely ever done that to a male friend. Yeah. <laughs> no. really, yeah, yeah. Really, so rarely have gone, hey, John. Yesterday when you said this and when we were all kicking around the pool, um, you said this about me. Yeah. Like we're saying it yeah, and it yeah. sounds silly. Yeah. It sh really shouldn't be sounding silly. No. It doesn't even have to... So it, it really doesn't have to be in person as well. I'm not suggesting that it always has to be you have to go get a coffee with, with your mate that the next day afterwards that said these things. Yeah. It could be a text, it could be a phone call, it could be whatever. Yeah. Um. But just on that, and this is a kind of a big question for you, mm. so take some time to kind of answer. What, how do you think that this, this attitude that we display within each other, what, what do you think its larger effects are? Mm. Like, to explain that a little bit better, yes, I'm giving examples here where 
someone might say something to me as a male friend and I won't express it very well, I won't deal with it very well. Do you think that has wider impacts than just the friendship circle? Do you think that bleeds into our lives? Do you think that, that reveals something about masculinity in kind of general? I think so, because I think what it does is society is obviously changing and mm -hmm. people starting to come to terms with the fact that we've raised boys into men to believe that they're meant to be bulletproof, that they're meant to cop everything on the chin, that they're yep. meant to just take it. What yep. that behavioural or habit, I guess, to not call people out on mm -hmm. the way they make us feel or to talk to people and kind of like face up to conflicts mm -hmm. is that it kind of perpetuates this natural view mm -hmm. that males are bulletproof and they can take anything. Right. Right. Now, the issue with that is that we're not bulletproof. No. And we can't take everything. And that build-up just hits us and hits us and hits us and we just keep getting more and more depleted yep. to the point when we're kind of just like, you know, running on very yep. <laughs> on very fine grain, yeah. essentially. Yep. And I think that's the biggest thing, which then bleeds into our lives because, quite frankly, all it takes is for someone close to you, whether it's a partner, mm -hmm. um, another friend, you know, a boss or something, to kind of call you out on something or deal you an emotional blow and, quite frankly, you struggle to deal with it. Yeah. And it hits harder than maybe it should have because you didn't deal with the prior blows that have kind of brought you down to sort of your lowest, you know, level. And I think you've talked about this before at one of our many coffee hangouts that, um, you know, it's, it's weird that now you're in a, a long-term relationship now, you're, in, you're engaged and, and, it, and it's, you, you said that, I'm, I might be incorrectly paraphrasing this, but it is weird or that you felt you, that it was kind of a shock that you would be, that you would react so strongly to questions about how are you feeling, how are you going, these kinds of, you know, this, um, you know talk to me about your day, talk to me about these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and uh, did, did you want to kind of speak on that? I'm kind of butchering your recount of that, uh, the recount of yeah. that. But, yeah. I guess um, I think as a male, and this could just be me, yep. and I'll take it on as just yep. like a trait of me, yep. that kind of enter relationships with an expectation that people, friendships, mm -hmm. and or relationships, doesn't matter who, don't actually care about those minor details of my life and mm -hmm. those kind of, mm -hmm. you know, how's your day and whatever else. It's sort of like, I don't know. I feel like it's a question that often I ask people and I do genuinely care, mm -hmm. but just given the responses over the course of my life and whatever else I've gotten um, from questions when someone has asked and I've kind of responded in a way maybe they weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, someone asks me, how's your day going? You say, oh, it's actually not going that well. Mm -hmm. And they're almost like, no, crap, wanna, I've got to escape this conversation. <laughs> yeah, don't but people don't actually care. Yeah. Um, so I think it's still a case where it's obviously still getting used to the fact that there may be people obviously in my life who do care and who ask with the best intention to understand. And actually I don't always have to respond with um, positives, but mm -hmm. I can. And obviously things are going well a lot of the time, but it's like when things aren't going so well or when mm -hmm. they're asking about something, um, you know, business, work, whatever else it might be, but I can respond honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and if they're not there for the conversation, that's fine. But mm -hmm. if they are, 
then I've got to give them the benefit of a doubt that, you know what I mean? They're ge- genuinely asking out of a place yep. of interest, the place of yep. care. Yep. And I, I think you probably see that, again, that, that's really fostered within the male-on-male friendship ag- again. Yeah. Where the questions of how you're going, how's your week, how's your week been, um, really, as, as I've experienced it, really aren't looking for that longer response yeah that more nuanced response that more detailed response yeah um now again that's not true probably of everybody but that's seems to be a recurring pattern seems to be caught up in that i'll ask the question you'll answer it we'll move on to talking about yeah and there's definitely a view that society isn't obviously ready for males to be vulnerable they're not ready to hear a male say actually i'm not doing well yeah um and that comes across in responses. And I think that's something that we all need to work on collectively as a society. Mm-hmm. That when you do ask a male friend in particular, how are you doing or how's this or mm. like, you know, how's this aspect of your life? Mm. And they respond in a way that isn't necessarily either neutral or positive. Mm-hmm. That we respond in a way that sort of demonstrates that we care and that we want to understand more rather than mm-hmm. dodging that topic completely and changing the subject yeah and and maybe even just a simple of say if i ask how are you and you go good and, and you just kind of ask it again <laughs> yeah <laughs> right just just maybe just yeah. one or two extra times i mean i've been caught out with with uh, especially i can think of a female friend specifically yeah. that always asks me how are you and i say yeah i'm okay we'll ask it again yeah and, and that kind of always buckles me. Yeah. <laughs> I go, oh, okay, yeah, well, I'm going <laughs> to... I can't just keep saying good. Yeah. And people that's appreciate not true. that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, even the other week, a uh, good friend of mine told me um, that him and his partner had broken up. And right. he was talking about it. And I was just like, oh, I'll kind of just ask, like, oh, what kind of happened, you know, mm. as a friend. Um, and he sort of told me. And I just sort of paused the end of it and just asked, and how are you doing? Mm. And he was actually taken back that I asked him how he was right. doing. Right. And he was like, I'm actually doing really well, but thank you for asking. Right. But just that response was like, wow, maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm not you know, talking my emotional intelligence up or anything, yeah. but it's yeah. just like maybe people hadn't asked how he was doing in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd hope that more people would. You'd hope so. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, that's not always the case, obviously. No. Um, but yeah, so I think like as a whole, there's a lot to work through. But I think if we as males can be more vulnerable mm-hmm. in our relationships, mm-hmm. in times of conflict and pre-conflict, mm-hmm. just on an everyday level, mm-hmm. particularly with our male friends... It will only be beneficial to start to create that culture where people feel comfortable. Yeah. And, and if I could just, just say just quickly that this obviously has a very specific agenda, what I'm kind of saying here, but to take, to take, very, to take lessons from feminine expression of emotions and, and relationships and friendships and selfhood. To take the lessons that, that I gave, you know, a kind of clear example of what I see that is very strong within female relationships, but there are countless others, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the masculinity in 2020, with all of its questions, with all of its, I don't know, <laughs> reports and all that, to really just kind of try and take advice, especially within our friendships, 
um, and try and learn and grow from the with from and with and in conversation with the feminine as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. More 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 to say about that at a, at a later <laughs> later time. So we've talked through a few tangible and personal examples. Um, I feel like we've also tried to provide some practical ways that us as males can engage in more vulnerable friendships and also navigate conflict in probably a more constructive way. I think this is definitely a topic that we want to discuss further, um, one that we want to get more opinions on and actually ourselves learn more about. Yeah, and it's, um, it's something that we can all... We can all get better at myself, Eddie, um, you know, everyone that we know. Um, like we said, we've, give, we've given some examples, but there, there, there are countless more ways that, that we haven't said and ways that we don't even know too. So um, we're looking forward to growing and learning more about how to be openly vulnerable um, and emotional within our personal friendships and in you know, wider life in general. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, yeah, thanks for listening and um, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for the chat. Yeah, no worries. If you want to keep chatting, follow us on Instagram at eddieandalex.mp3. Catch ya.